Welcome to the Telford Minster podcast. Thank you for joining us and listening along. Our vision is to make Jesus known in Telford and we hope that your attention is grabbed by Jesus today and what he's doing in your life. Sunday the 9th of January is Sign Up Sunday once again. It's a great opportunity each term to sign up to serve on team and plug into Minster community villages and groups. See what's on offer this term and head to telfordminster.org.uk forward slash sign up Sunday. Enjoy the podcast. So in him, that is in Jesus, we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Uh, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet, under the feet of Jesus, and appointed him Jesus to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Laura. Okay, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Laura and I'm curate here. And it is such a joy and a privilege to be speaking to you on this passage uh, this evening. So Matt kicks off our series last week. If you haven't listened to that, if you weren't here, check it out on the podcast. It was a great start to our series in Christ, walking for Ephesians. So check that out. To start off with, I'm going to need a volunteer. You're not going to have to do anything horrible other than create something um, with a little recipe um, using some oil. Is anyone is anyone up for that, or am I going to have to pick on someone? <laughs> any any volunteers? Pauline, 
as, as one of our vision team members. Would you like to come to the front? Everyone give Pauline a little round of applause, cheer her on. <laughs> I'm so grateful that it is warm in this place while Pauline's coming up. Um, this week, this time last week, for, if you weren't here, we were sat in a very cold church. Um, so I'm so thankful that we're here. Thank you, Pauline. You can take your pew. Um, so later on, we're going to be looking at um, how oil was used throughout the Bible to anoint people. And Pauline is going to create some little bottles of holy anointing oil. Um, so the recipe is here. You just need about 10 drops of each of the things with some olive oil. And then you can use a little uh, pipette. I know you're a bit of a scientist, really, at heart, Ooh, uh, to drop them into the... And then put little things on the top. Are you all right with that, Pauline? Um, can I have an assistant? Would anyone like to come and help, Pauline? <laughs> come on then, Jessica. <laughs> Thank you very much. Super. So while Pauline makes that, we're going to start thinking about this passage together. Now... Jessica's the real scientist. Do you want to grab yourself a chair, Jessica? I think you know where they are. <laughs> so you might often ask the question, who am I? Who are you? If I were to ask you, you might give an example uh, based on a number of things. You might say something based on your performance. I am what I do. Maybe you might talk about your job and, and your life and what you do based on your performance. You might say something based on your possessions. I am what I own. Maybe you might talk about the fact that you're an Apple person or a Google person or you have a particular car or you have a house and you live in a particular area. Right? Or you are what you wear. You might talk about um, your personality in relation to your pleasure. You are what you want. And sometimes people talk about um, who they are based on their popularity. Well, I am who you think I am, people say. And I used to be someone who strived after power and performance and really wanted to succeed in everything I did. And I thrived off the success of results. But I wonder if any of you guys thrive off performance or possessions or find your pleasure in popularity. But all of those things can just be taken away, can't they? They're not things that are everlasting, not things that go with us. They can be taken away. And I find I regularly allow my awareness of Christ in my life to be dulled. But he never, ever leaves me or forsakes me. And when I was growing, back, growing up as a teenager, when I look back, I can totally see that my identity was formed by my ambition for popularity. I strived to be known, to be noticed, not to be someone who faded into the background. And inevitably, this failed. And I found myself lying in a bed, unable to sustain a conversation. I was really poorly. I couldn't do anything with my life. I wasn't able to continue with the things I was doing. I wasn't able to be successful or be popular. I wasn't even able to continue to communicate with my friends on the Snapchat of the day, which was MSN Messenger. Anyone remember MSN Messenger here? Yeah. And when I was recovering... In the depths of this completely uncertain time, God led me to chapter one of Ephesians. And he showed me that I had built my hope on unstable ground. 
that he took me through this passage and slowly rebuilt me brick by brick and remarked me for the purpose that Christ had for me. So I hope that as I speak on this passage today, that you are drawn to be remarked. So if you've been dulled, if your spirit is just a bit tired, that God will remark you. Now, where do we put our hope? Some of us, we might put our hope in long life or in being known or being successful. And as someone who found their identity in their ambition for popularity, I made every choice that I had through this lens And I wonder for those of us here, how many of us make our choices from day-to-day life through the lens of our ambitions rather than through the lens of Christ. Maybe our ambition for fame or popularity or success or money or things. But you know what? Whatever is learnt through those things, whatever is earned through ambition can only be sustained through ambition. And it's just an exhausting rabbit wheel to run around. And I believed at that point in my life that any blessing I received in my life was because I'd earned it, because I'd done something to earn it. I'd done something to good, so it was I'd earned it. I'd worked for it, and my life was just marked by success because it was to do with how good I was and how what I did. Ambition can be a powerful motivating force, and it can creep in on us even when we think we're following Jesus. But Paul presents God here as a God who marks and anoints us because of our faith in Jesus. So any blessing I've received is not because of things I've done, but because I'm marked by Christ. Any spiritual blessing we've enjoyed, freedom or forgiveness or favour, we've received because of Jesus and because he lavishly gives it to us. You've received it because of Jesus Christ. Not because of anything you've done, but because of who he is. Jesus is the chosen one of God. And when we choose him, and when we enter into this chosenness, so that everything Jesus enjoys as a son in relationship to the Father, we actually get to enjoy too. That's just incredible, isn't it? It's mind-blowing. We're marked by Christ and we're adopted And we have connection with God, our Father, our Creator, instead of separation. We have purpose instead of meaninglessness. We have freedom instead of slavery. And we have life instead of death. Isn't that incredible? We get to enjoy that same relationship with God that Jesus enjoyed with his Father. And that means we don't need to live our lives in a desperate struggle of attainment or searching for popularity or success We're adopted and we're marked. And no matter what you've been through, no matter what mistakes you make, if you choose Jesus, God still marks you. So let's say it together. I am marked. Come on, guys. Okay, again. Yeah, you're marked. And when I was thinking about this talk, I was really drawn to think about people in the Bible who uh, talked about being marked by God. And one character really comes to mind, and that's David. I don't know how many of you know David's story. We'll take a little look at it in a moment. Um, And he was marked from a very young age. But there was a process for him to get to the palace where he ended up. He ended up being a king. He started off as a, a shepherd working the fields. 
there was a process to get to his purpose and a process to get to this destiny that God was calling him to. And sometimes when we're in the process of finding ourselves where God wants us to end up, often many times I find, the enemy sometimes creeps in on us and tries to distract us. And sometimes we think we're on a path. Maybe we find ourselves at that line that Harry talked about earlier and we're just standing there and we just get distracted. We're at that starting line, but we just look around and we see the crowds and we just find ourselves walking in a slightly different direction. What the enemy can't destroy, he distracts. He can't destroy us because we're marked. We're marked by Jesus, but he can distract us. Maybe you found that one time you were really on fire for God. You knew that he'd called you. You knew he had great plans for you. And then, well, things happen. Life happens. Things go not the way you'd hoped. And this happens and that happens. And then you get distracted and you find yourself looking for validation back in those things where you found it before, maybe in success or in popularity or in pleasure. And God's standing there like, no, 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 come back. Today, come and refocus. Don't you realize that you were formed in your mother's womb and I knew you, I called you, and I have a plan and a purpose for you. And I see stuff that you have never seen for you. God says that you are marked. You see, the truth is, no matter what you have been through or what you're walking through, you're still marked by God. So how's the oil making going, guys? We're geniuses. It's just, it's just going really well. Um, the only, only problem we may have is, is fitting the olive oil in there. So you could, um, you could make it in here first, and then you could use a pipette to pop it into the little bottles. Would be a... She didn't give me those instructions. <laughs> <laughs> I, it looks very efficient here. Very, very efficient. It's a beautiful oil making going on. And it smells gorgeous. So let's have a little look at David's story. Luke's going to pop it up on the screen. We're in 1 Samuel. So if you want to find it in your Bible and look at, look at his story a bit more, um, look at 1 Samuel, chapter 16. Hopefully you're able to see it up on the screen. Perfect. So, from verse 6, we're reading. When they arrived, Samuel saw Elab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. So, but the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at outward appearances, but the Lord looks at your heart. God doesn't judge you by outward appearance. God doesn't judge you by your education by your achievements or by the successes or the number of Instagram followers you have or your zeros in your bank account. It says, people judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that's good news for all of us. So then in, chapter, in verse 8 we read, Then Jesse and Abindadab and, and had, uh, Jesse called Abindadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Then Jesse had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are all these all the sons that you have? 
they're still the youngest, Jesse answers. But, you know, he's tending the sheep. But Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. Now imagine the scene. They're here expecting for one of them to be anointed to be king. And the father didn't even call David by name. He, he defines him by a negative characteristic. He's off tending the sheep. He's basically going to be smelly, and he's not going to be the one that you want to anoint. But Samuel says, send for him at once. And the brothers were probably there waiting for their dinner, like, oh, man, we can't even eat. We're just, like, standing here waiting. And we read in verse 12. So he sent for him and had him brought in. And he was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. And then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. This is the one. Anoint him. In verse 13, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him. The horn of oil and anointed him. He anointed and he marked David. Even David was the least expected to be anointed. And this holy oil was a symbol of God's promise. And in the Old Testament, we, we often read how it formed an important part of sealing God's promise on priests or on kings and sanctifying them as holy and set apart. And the oil was created from myrrh. Have you got some myrrh there? You got myrrh? What does it smell like, Jessica? It smells like Christmas. It smells like Christmas. Wonderful. It, they were created from cinnamon. I think you can all imagine the smell of cinnamon now. They, it was created from cane or calamus, which is like a, a reed that would have been found by the rivers, a sweet-smelling reed. Cassia and olive oil. This holy anointed, anointing oil was used throughout the Old Testament to anoint people and seal a promise over people. And the hearers of Paul's letter to the Ephesian church would have known this context of this oil. They would have seen anointing on those set apart to be holy. But the wonderful thing is, here we read how through Jesus, this anointing is no longer just for priests or kings or just for Jews. This anointing to be set apart is for all believers, marked by God. He has a plan and a purpose for each one of our lives. He has a plan and a purpose for the Ephesian church, and he has a plan and a purpose for the churches across Telford and across the UK and across the world, for all believers. So in a bit, we'll distribute these portions of oil for anyone who would wish to take some. If you want to invite Jesus to be in your life, if you want to know his plan and purpose for you, take, come and receive some oil as a symbol of your marking, as holy, as set apart, as anointed in Christ. Together, let's say I'm marked. I'm marked. We're marked, and it's that mark that gives you your authority and your security. When we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, bearing the same spirit that Jesus Christ raised from the dead, it's just, just incredible that we're sealed in that same spirit. And seal, in the original language, is the same word that's used for an engagement ring. That means that in the same way an engagement ring points towards a promise, so too, when we're marked by the Holy Spirit, it points towards a promise of eternal life with God through Jesus Christ.
Not only is it a promise, it's a foretaste, it's a symbol of what's coming. It's a down payment. It means we can experience right now, in the present, a measure of the fullness of God, which we know we will experience with entirety in the future. But now we get to delight in it, and that makes us distinctive. It's not about our performance or our possessions or our pleasure or our popularity. These things are not necessarily bad things. I would still quite like to do quite well in what I'm doing. I don't want to fail at everything. And I don't think God really wants us to fail at everything. But we're marked by Christ. And we can delight in that that makes us distinctive. It's not going to define me having ambition. A life that is marked by success is equally a life that is marked by failure. And I don't want to have that burden. I don't want to bear that. What I do want to bear is the mark and the seal of the Holy Spirit. The seal of the promise that is from the place that we're living, that is Christ within us. And now, for us right now, this isn't about a a change in behavior. It's about a transformation of our hearts. It's about allowing the Spirit of God, whether that's for the first time or whether this is a continuing journey for you, to renew our minds so that we have a true perspective in our lives of what actually matters. And then we're able to learn what it means to live from that place of knowing we're transformed, that we're living working towards being in the likeness of Jesus because we're marked by God. And this is the identity that you've been invited to in Jesus Christ. You are in Christ and we are learning to be Christ-like. Before you do anything, just take a moment to delight in this. Delight in who Jesus is for you. Delight that he chooses you and adopts you before you do anything. When you accept Jesus, you're marked. How's the oil going, guys? Wonderful, wonderful. In a moment, we are going to watch a little video and listen to a song. And as we do that, if you would like to come and receive some oil. Just come to the front. Pauline and Jessica will pass you a bottle and um, a little tag as a reminder that we're marked. Come and receive. Come and receive because we are marked. And then we're going to look at the second part of this passage together. So as you look... At your bottle, if you've come to receive, or at the picture on the screen. Just take a moment to reflect. You are marked by God. You are marked by God. What does that really mean for your life? Are there things in your life that just just need to shift in a perspective change? Just invite the Holy Spirit to come and meet with you. Pauline, Jessica, thank you so much. I feel like they need a bit of a round of applause for that. Well done. <laughs> There's some um, kitchen towel underneath if you um, need some. You've got lovely soft hands now.
<laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, guys. So we're marked. We're marked, though. What for? We're marked for the inheritance that comes through knowing Jesus. And I feel like there's more that God has for us in this passage today than knowing that we're marked. We're marked for inheritance. Maybe you have been a Christian for a really long time now. Maybe you've been walking the walk, talking the talk, doing the stuff. Or maybe you're a new Christian. Maybe you're like fresh on this journey. Knowing Jesus is really exciting. Maybe you're here just wondering if you actually want to know Jesus. But I want to ask you, do you really want to know the inheritance that God has for you? Do you really cry out for that? And Paul is praying in the second part of today's passage that the Ephesian church would know and live out of the place of knowledge of the power of Christ and the knowledge of the inheritance that they have. Why is it important for us to know this inheritance? So we can be more like Jesus Christ. Even when Jesus was at the end of himself, he was still looking to God. There will be things in life that are tough. I'm sorry to say it. None of us are just going to walk through life and everything go easy breezy and happy and joyful the whole time. There will be tough things in life. And we can't pretend that life is all good. But when we know the inheritance that we have in Christ, it can hold us firm when we're running that race, when we find our feet up against the start line. So, uh, Mike, can you just come up? Sorry, I haven't asked him about this in advance. <laughs> um, a little while ago, Mike bought us um, some boxing equipment. In fact, it was one of those lockdown purchases. And um, do you want to pop those on for me? Thank you. He loves this, can't you tell? <laughs> this is how we uh, sort out the arguments at home. Apparently, it's how we sort the arguments out at home, if that's what you, if you heard that. So, um, he bought us some boxing equipment, had great plans of us being in the garden, having family workouts together, and boxing was one of the things that he was keen to do. So, first time, we did it, I think once. Caitlin, our lovely daughter, decided she was going to practice with me. So... First time round, I, I put on the, um, I can't remember what they're called, the pads, and um, Caitlin had the boxing gloves. And usually, when you're about to punch someone, you check they're ready, don't you? Usually. This time, Caitlin just went, whacked me right in the nose. You know, she wasn't like, right, are you ready? Okay, jab. I can't cross because I haven't got another hand, but yeah. And you'd be like, ready, yeah? The person... But Caitlin, being love, the lovely daughter that she is, just looked at me and went <laughs> right on my nose. She did feel very guilty about it. Thank you, Mike. That is it. <laughs> but you loved it, didn't you? <laughs> now, if we know the hits are coming, we can be ready, can't we? When we're running a race and things come our way, they can distract us. But if we don't know a hit is coming, like when Caitlin was boxing with me, you can't really defend yourself. You don't really know where to look. You get whacked in the nose and it pushes you over. 
When I know things are coming my way, I can stand firm because I know that life isn't going to always be hunky-dory and amazing and things go the way I hope. But I can say with confidence that I'm marked for inheritance in Christ. And I can approach all things with that confidence because I have the seal of Christ and I'm marked And we can do this with confidence because we have Jesus. And when we were praying before the service, um, this word about this line um, came to mind. And someone someone said that one of the things they felt God was saying was, I don't know if you've ever tried to work out which of your strongest feet is. He was talking about in the context of snowboarding. I've done it in weightlifting. You try and work out what your strongest leg is. And what happens is you just stand with feet together, really strong, and then you just fall forward and work out which foot goes first. With me, it's my right leg. If you haven't done that before, try it. You'll work out what your strongest leg is. But we can move forward with confidence because I know my leg is going to catch me. I know I'm going to keep running. If you're standing on um, the track about to sprint for a race, you'll know that you're going to only go forwards. I can do it with confidence because I am marked. Because we have Jesus. Because we're anointed, we're named, we're marked, we're loved, and we have Jesus with us. And just as he's Paul's motivation to pray for the church, and the church is being planted out of Ephesus, he is ours too. Paul says that he writes and prays for the church so they might know the hope that they have and the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us. We're marked for inheritance. And often people talk about heaven and the life to come, and we think of the inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. But when we read today's passage, Paul's prayer for the eyes and hearts of the Ephesian church and the church plants out of it to be, you want to pop it on the screen so we can see, Luke? Thank you. Enlightened in order that you might know the hope to which he has called you, the glorious riches of his glorious, inher- the riches of his glorious inheritance to his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And I wonder... Do we sometimes expect the power of God just to be a bit of a small gesture? When we come and gather as a church, do we just think, oh, it'd be nice if the Holy Spirit just made me feel a little bit brighter about things today? Do we expect a small gesture that's just a little bit of a heart change for us? Or do we really get on our knees and pray for the Spirit to move? in the knowledge that we're marked and we can receive the anointing of God, that our lives would be changed and transformed. What would they really look like if we prayed for that true enlightenment, for our eyes, the eyes of our heart to see the power of Christ working in us? If we really understood that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is with us. That is the mighty strength of God within us. And it is pretty mind-blowing. So together, let's say the words on the screen. I am marked for inheritance in Christ. Let's just take a moment to take those words in. 
before we continue to receive. I am marked for inheritance in Christ. Let's ask the Spirit of God just to enter in now by his power. Maybe there are hits that have knocked you off track. Maybe you've limited God and just expected a small outpouring of his power on your life. Come, Holy Spirit, who are marked for inheritance in Christ. And I'm going to invite you now, if you're up for it, if you want to know more of Christ in your life, if you want to know that you're marked and stand in that inheritance, so just stand now where you are. No one's going to be looking at you or anything. If you would like more of that inheritance, if you would like to know God more, just stand. And you might want to just open your hands um, just as a, a symbol of inviting God. Stand however is comfortable for you, but often people find that helpful. Would you come, Holy Spirit? Thank you that you anoint us and that you mark us, that you love us, that we're adopted, that we're chosen. Thank you for the inheritance that we have in you. Thank you that you lavishly pour your oil out over us. Would you come by your power? And I pray for each person here that the eyes of their hearts may be enlightened in order that they may know the hope to which they are called. May they know the riches of your glorious inheritance, Lord. And may they know your incomparably great power in their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has blessed you. Hit the subscribe button to hear more like this. And to find out more about Telford Minster, drop us a follow at, at Telford Minster on Instagram and Facebook or go to our website, telfordminster.org.uk.